evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today, I'm Pete Evick. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing today? Good, good. I'm glad you're back. It's been a while. You've been a yeah, busy thank man, you. though. Thank you for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Well, I enjoy I enjoy your music. I enjoy. I just read your book, MTV Famous. Um, I just saw you have a, you know, a bare knuckle bourbon out. <laughs> yeah. I, I know you do candles. You are an author. You are a producer. And and the uh, and I just launched a company called the Virginia Sauce and Spice Company, where uh, it'll be marinades and barbecue sauces and dry rubs and stuff like that. We just launched that last week. So, but that's it. I'm done that's with it? all the extracurricular things, like the candles, the bourbon, the uh, the the and and the uh, and the hot sauce. I'm done. I, nothing else interests me. Those were all my projects, and now it's 100 percent back to the music. <laughs> You don't have to convince me. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. got to rub off on you. you I mean, obviously, uh, Brett, Brett being your boss, Brett being your boss, he's he's a very active man himself. So, you know, got to be inspiring to. Oh, yeah. Certainly he is part of the inspiration of, you know, wake up and keep going every day and do things. It's uh, I don't know that I would have had what I have now in my life if it wasn't watching him do things like that and right. and inspiring me to do it, you know. It's anybody because of prep. I'm saying when you have somebody in your life that does a lot of other things and you're with them all the time, you're like, I could do other things. I should be doing more. Like anybody that that's right. can push you is what that's I'm right. saying. Not just Brett. I mean, Brett's great, but I'm just talking about like it's good to have somebody that's moving yeah. forward and a driving force. That's all. Very inspiring. You're absolutely right. So let's let's talk about a few things. First, your second book is out, MP Famous. Mm-hmm. It's, a fun, it's a fun read. I encourage everybody to check it out. The burning desire to do a book. It was like you're you're picking up from your second book. Like, I mean, it feels like a lot of work to write a book, considering uh, you do a lot does, of other stuff. It does take a lot of work. Um, I I got such a joy out of writing the first book, or releasing the first book, and watching uh, other people enjoy it, and watch people become inspired by the content within that mm-hmm. book. Um, but it was so much work. I didn't think I would ever do another one. And yep. then I teamed up with Steve Olivas and he um, we basically did it like that movie interview with a vampire where I would sit and just talk to him and then he would write it back and then I would read it, make changes and we were back and forth. And that took a lot of the, okay. the hard part out of the, out of writing the first one. Cause the first one was about the motivation to sit down and write. You know, with this, it each all started with a conversation. There wasn't yeah. sitting down and writing. So that made it real easy for me. Um, I love it, though. I, I get as such a reward out of when people read the books um, because I'm trying to write in a way that's entertaining yet inspiring. Um, and I think I've got that down. And uh, uh, it's just a great reward when someone reads it and says they enjoyed it or that they took away something from it, that that's a gift for me. I, I, I get very excited about that. I think what's really fun about it is it's a couple different age groups because it's hard to write for a certain, you know, you're always writing for a, you have a, you have a goal and writing, you're writing or you're recording. You obviously want to do like a broad shot, more people hear anything or read it. I can relate to it because younger, close to the same age, being in bands and stuff. And like, I can re- it's very relatable, the time mm-hmm. period. But then... As you've seen, like there's a whole other generation, like your 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 son who does music similar. Like there's a whole other world that can. It's like more than just one age group can enjoy the yeah, book. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I think several it, it, it's people, kind of, it, different layers. 
Yeah, several people that read it. I didn't think about this when it when it first came out. It wasn't my goal, but several people that have read it have made big recommendations to anybody young in the music business wanting mm-hmm. to get into the business. I didn't think about it from that approach, but it makes sense that it certainly um I think it could probably scare you out of wanting to be in the music business. <laughs> well, it really makes you about like the top about building your stuff, building your bands. I can't tell you how many things go to the drive-ins. We get the letters from the drive-ins to, for, to na- do the name of our band thing and build things. I remember doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I get it. This is awesome. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. to me, it's inspiring. And people that aren't aware of it, I'm like, should read it because that's a time period that doesn't happen like that anymore. And but and there's, there was there was a, a work ethic to it. Now I'm just like, get off my lawn to it. But if you want to rock, you do got a guy have to say hymen to it. You know, that's what it is, you know? Yeah, very much, very much. And the ones that are still around today are the ones that work. Those aren't the ones that are, you know, the ones that didn't are, are running. Yeah, anymore. right. Right. You know? So true, buddy. So true. <laughs> and you have you have a nice lighthearted um, writing style. The way it came across, it was mm-hmm. fun. It felt like you're talking. It felt like we're, like we're having a conversation now. Yeah. It and I tried, to be, I tried to be kind and respectful. I wasn't. Uh, there was nothing in there what I was throwing anywhere under the bus or no. telling any of the negative stories of anything. And uh, and that's what's important, too. It was, it was important for me to document. Uh, you know, there's a good section of that book that is basically a thank you letter mm-hmm. to all the people in the industry that helped me. And that was important to get that on paper and have that documented for all time. I don't want to ever take for granted or let anyone think that I wasn't helped along the way by some really big players. You, you know what I mean? Well, you have to say, right. It's just a perfect storm. My, my, my phrase yeah. Lily is just talent, hard work. And sometimes it's the right people, like almost as anything, especially in the music business, right. you know, you need that mixture. Sometimes you have one or the other more, but generally yeah. to continue yeah. to be doing that, you need to have the hard work. You need to have the talent and yeah, you need to have people pulling for you. You know, right. there are times that are hard and you know, to give props and put it out there is good. I, I want people to check this book out. It's fun. And it's as actually like I got to the point I think it was too short for me because I really enjoyed it. It's not it's not a dig. Uh, it's like maybe it should be another book type of deal. Like I so was like, oh I, well there will over. there will be another one. I okay. was excited because it's about twice as long as my first one. Yeah. And uh and I was like I thought that was exciting. I couldn't uh, write that long so I'm not knocking you. Like I can't write it. I'm like <laughs> people go, you have all these stories Sean and you talk to musicians and earlier in life all these stories and stuff. And I'm like you should tell, you should write a book. I'm like, I love the idea, but have you read my emails? Like, I don't have the patience <laughs> to write an email. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't see what, a book. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, it's it's a great thing to do. And you probably do have some amazing stories, man. If you can ever find a way to do it, <laughs> it, I, I have tons it of ideas. it's a real rewarding thing. I think I think about it a lot. And then talking to somebody like you and other authors, it feels like, who knows? You never know. But People check out the book. So you're saying there might be another one, like a follow-up or just another type of style? Uh, no, I'm sure that the, sto- the story continues. There's there's still oh, – I, so. I, have, I, have, I have so many emails and texts of, I can't believe you left this out. I can't believe you left that out from people that were there through all that time. Not in a mean way, but there's so much I, I did leave out because I once I was on a path, I was telling a certain right. narrative – but there, there's, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to write a book. The first book was called "The Moments That Make Us." Uh, I wanted to write a book called uh, "The Clubs That Made Me," and mm-hmm. uh, and have each chapter about a very specific venue yeah. or club that, whether it was, you know, whether it was a small bar that I played growing up around town, or I was very fortunate in my life um, 
because I was playing the cover band and the original band mm-hmm. circuit at the same time, as I explained in the book, I got to play, you know, the whiskey, which is the most famous rock club of all time. Uh, I got to play CBGB's, which is again, one of the most famous clubs of all time for all original music. Um, yep. In Arizona, there was a place called Long Longs. And then there's the machine shop in Michigan. Mm-hmm. All, these are four staples of original music that I frequented and was able to play. But I also played Club La Vila in Panama City, which was the it was the largest nightclub in the United States at the time we were playing it. It held over ten thousand people, and it was the spring wow. break cap of the world. Um, and 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 several other other clubs. Uh, because I was riding both sides of the fence, I got to play all these very famous historic places. And I thought about writing a book about all of that. That would be really interesting too. That would definitely be more of a niche group. I would love a book like that because I, if you look behind me, I got tons of books like that. I'm that guy, you know? Yeah. I think think what I do like is there's a positive thing to it. I think what's fun is there's enough enough dirt, not trying to make a pun about it, there's enough other stories out there like that already. And there's so much out there. But there's a lot of really just fun, goofy, rock stories that you don't need to have all the right. other stuff and it's not well, you know, enough of that it, you know it's it's funny it, it's um there's several of us in the music industry that are um that have written books or are writing books and as famous and as big as the dirt was it's not um none of us want to write that you know brett's a no. big guy about that kind of stuff is um you know uh he 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 is of the mindset of this. And, uh, and I actually, there's a couple stories in my book that I left a few things out to protect mm-hmm. some people. Um, I, I wrote this one story about club La Vila in Panama city and some of the debauchery and, and the, and one of the craziest nights that in all of our lives ever happened. Mm-hmm. And the guy co-writing the book came back to me and said, this isn't, this doesn't feel like, the rest of the book because it was yeah. very much the dirt it was very much yeah. the dirt, and i never wanted it to be that way and we agreed to take that out and there's a couple of stories that that seem crazy they're way crazier what really happened was way crazier but some of these people are, are married now some of them were married then yeah. and and um they're happy and i don't want to you know no. You never know. You never know. Someone could be reading something, and 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 it, Brett fears that a lot. He doesn't want to write that book that his daughters would be ashamed of, or that yeah. someone that he really liked back in the day and used to have fun with uh, is married now, and and somehow the husband puts two and two together the story and becomes a problem. It's just not worth it. Like Nikki, Nikki, I get he had a hit, but he he went on a path that a lot of us don't want to go on. <laughs> He, yeah, he, oh, that's the whole thing. They're on a path that they can they can't turn back. So he's got to pl- plunge forward with that with that path now. I like the idea, and I think and you can actually brought up Brett. I think Brett. I've always seen him, and he's very diplomatic on everything he says. He's he's well versed in every interview he's ever done. He won't even say which sporting team he likes, which is bad. I'll just say he likes one better. He's very yeah, diplomatic yeah. in what he says, and to me, that's kind of good because there's so much trash talking, you know, about that. We don't need that. Just put it the positive. Yeah. Move but forward. you know the other thing. The other thing is the other thing is Brett. Um, 
that's really who he is. He doesn't dislike anything. Right. He's well, not, I'm saying. He, yeah, he's Brett's very much. It's an interesting thing about him is um, he's such a positive guy that if you're in a group of people, like if you're on the bus and all of a sudden everyone's making fun of each other and we're all grown men and there's a yeah. there's a some insulting or something going on. He'll he'll kibosh it like a school teacher. He doesn't want that around. He does. He's not he's not into uh, talking shit about anybody. He finds yeah. the positive and the good in, in everybody. And so if you say to him, you know, do you like Panama or jump? He does like one over the other. Right. But he's not going to say one sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just not that guy. He doesn't. He doesn't think anything sucks. He he thinks people talking shit sucks. <laughs> I agree with that. I try, I take a similar path on the show. I don't I won't talk trash about anybody. I mean, uh, you know, a little facts with the the, the Monica going out with it, talking about the album, but yeah. I won't. I, there's no need to talk about anybody like yeah. that. It's great, and and I think and that's the thing. Your your your, your book follows that, that 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 style, and it's great. Yeah, I try to I try to stay cool and I have positive things to say about everybody that I've ever met. The only guy I've ever ribbed and the only guy I continue to rib is Nikki Six. And I'll take that <laughs> one. I'll I'll take one guy with me to the to my grave with uh I, we just from what we know of each other, we don't see eye to eye on many things. <laughs> well, I have a couple of people. I've 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 had many people say that on my show too, so you're not alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it comes up quite often actually for our show it doesn't try to be negative like even that people feel like yeah i agree i'm not negative either but if there was one person <laughs> yeah but i'm also pro vince vince is my friend yeah and and i love his whole camp and you know uh i i was talking to someone about this yesterday just casually uh that guy you know he he killed his best friend he has to live mm -hmm. with that for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that pain goes away. I don't think it no. goes away. And but then I think about you know losing the daughter. That was awful experience. So yeah. if the guy wants to get drunk once in a while, fucking cares. You know what I mean? There's an interesting if if you if you get to know Vince well enough, you know a lot of people will make fun of him about being a mess. But if you get to know him enough, you realize he's not a mess. He's just he's he is the most anti-superstar in the world. He doesn't care. Not in a yeah. bad way. No, no, no. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He just lives his life. And some of it's in the public eye, but it ain't no different than the guy that gets off work at five o'clock and goes to the bar and drinks till close. Like, like, and they're not ridiculing that guy in the public. You know what I mean? I, I hate that, like looks and stuff too. I think for me, I think the only thing that bummed me out about him is I saw the stadium uh, tour there. And I think he, he could have worked a little harder on his vocals. And I know our voices change. I just knew he wasn't exercising because now I know he's been putting the energy into it. and He's, he's better. Like, I, there's a difference when he puts the time into it. I just wish he put a little more time yeah, into yeah, it yeah. I, when I was there for that performance. And that's just him doing what he wants. I mean, he was, he they still did sold the stadium out. You know, I couldn't, I've seen him play yeah. a lot of times. This last time I was like, he's just tired. He, he needs to put some extra exercise in and just be, you know, put his vocals. You don't need to run around at this point in your life. I'm fine just listening to you. You know, I don't need the performance, you know? Yeah, yeah, type of deal. yeah. But again, again, he doesn't care. Not I, know. That I, know. I know that. That's pretty funny, though. You know. yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> I think negative is pretty funny, though. And it's great because, actually, he, um, I've had uh, two guys from Know Your Rocks on Andy and, and Michael. And when Michael's on, you know, it was great. Michael finally got to see uh, Vince. And they kind of got to put a little uh, 
piece behind that situation with Razzle, which is very cool to see Michael post something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Spoken thing. yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, that's pretty cool because that was that's a topic that always comes up between us too. So to see that kind of resolved on some level, it's got to feel good for, for both right. of them. Now, yeah. Um, you, know, you know, again, yesterday when I was just talking about the situation, it's unfortunate that it happened events, but Razzle could have been the one driving. Oh, could have been anybody. Could have been anybody doing that. Yeah. Anybody and any of them would have. Someone was going to the liquor store. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> it's know? even worse. It happened to the other people that weren't drinking. Razzle was drinking. I'm not saying he should have any either. But the, the people that yeah. got hit that weren't even drinking, they weren't even partying. That's the worst of all. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah. But the fact that they, they have... I mean, clearly that's a thing that they've had going on for a long time. So the fact that, you know, um, Michael and it's kind of had that moment together, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, Andy McCoy and Nikki Sick are never going to be friends. So that's a <laughs> an animosity that's never going to go away. But at least two of the guys right, right. have peace. But let's go back to, let's talk about, so you actually, the book's great. Let's talk about you, the, the single, To Whom May Concern. Now I got, I just got the single a while back and I was like, oh, I was going to talk to you about that. I was going to track you down, hunt you down because I wanted to talk about it. And then the book came up too. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the single. To whom make it certain? So, uh, did you happen to read or see the whole story behind where the song comes from and how old it is? I, I yeah, I did. Yeah. So, so it's weird for me to use the term divine intervention because I'm not a man of any faith, but it's the best way to explain what happened. Um, I wrote that song. 25 years ago, 27 years ago, probably, to be honest with you. Uh, the record came out 25 years ago um, with my band Some Odd Reason. And it was an accumulation of, um, in 1990, the Gulf War, when it started, I was in an impressionable enough age that I was blown away that we were just watching a war on TV. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? The first time you sit and sit down on your couch and watch a war it was weird. Yeah, yeah, you know. And uh, but I was also just out of high school. I was only eighteen years old, and I was blown away by that. But it took me eight years to get that song out of my system, to get to get the lyrics out. And um, and by the time it came out, we'd had a record deal. Everybody loved the song, and it was going to be the single off the mm -hmm. record. And then. The guy producing the record, Richard Goddard, who is an amazing guy, uh, he, he wrote the song, My Boyfriend's Back and You're Gonna Be in Trouble. He wrote I Want Candy uh, that Bow Wow Wow made famous. Yep. And he was the guy responsible for finding Blondie and the Go-Go's. Um, he's he's Marshall Crenshaw. He has a huge, huge resume. And me and him got along great. And we made this record. And he said, Pete, this song's such a, it's a hit song but it's a war protest song and there's no war right now. There was nothing in 1998. We were a relatively peaceful world, yeah. considerably speaking. Right. And uh, so then I, that was with a different singer Then I became the singer. Uh, and I started, as I was learning to sing, I started re-recording all my pre-written material just to learn to sing and to learn to be in the studio. So I was rewriting and rearranging all the music that was on my Some Odd Reason record for my new band, Evic, as just a way to educate myself and, and teach myself to sing. And um, and then the hard drive crashed. And I took it to multiple places because I had everything in my life was, every musical idea I had was on that one hard drive. <laughs> and uh, 
literally I took it to multiple places and every one of them was like, you'll never recover. This is over. This is things trash, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I put it away. I never threw it away because, you know, I'm here in DC and I live near the Smithsonian and you always hear about the Smithsonian buying stuff. Like, like I've kept the very first iPhone. I have the very first iPhone and I keep things like that. Cause one day I'm going to find out that the Smithsonian wants to give me big money for different things. You know what I'm saying? In, in my dreams, in my, you know, and, uh, but, uh, um, like the beginning of an episode of hoarders, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I'm not a hoarder. In fact, I, in fact, I'm just, I'm I, teasing I, you. It, but it's funny you say that because I actually throw things away. I'm the, almost anti-hoarder in the world I'll, like the iphone's little the hard drive's little I but I, but i but everyone actually makes fun of me because i sometimes i throw shit away i need because i go on these i'm so I afraid yeah i'm so afraid of being a hoarder i just start throwing shit away and then i can't count the times that i've gone on a throwing away spree and then i find out that something important got thrown away but but anyway the hard drive crashed and for some reason i was going through boxes a couple months ago and it showed up and I just thought, let me plug it in. And out of nowhere, it, it worked. It blew my mind. It, the hard drive just booted up, and there the songs were. And I thought, I thought that's divine intervention because we're that song makes more sense and speaks volumes about the world we're living in right now than it did in 1998. And I just felt like, uh, and then the vision, the artwork, the album cover I made for that was super important to me um and i took a risk because faith is a big thing to people and i don't i don't make fun of anyone for their faith i've just had enough of my life happen i try i to this day i'm 51 years old and i've been searching for a reason to believe you know i've had i've had pastors and preachers and ministers and rabbis and Buddhist monks and I've sat down with every single one of them trying to find a path and I never I never find what I'm looking for uh and so if you look at the artwork very carefully uh it's Jesus but he's an alien <laughs> and he's walking into the apocalyptic uh, uh background but you see his crown of thorns is laying uh on a rock and in blood is painted I tried yeah. and uh it's very very powerful to me and uh, and it was very important for me to put that out there. And then, you know, and now a month later, here we are with the Israel-Iran conflict, and it's just uh, well, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I do want I do I have two questions though. First one is, did you get a lot of um, slack for the cover? I enjoyed. It. I thought it was a good cover actually, because I'm again? also. Did you get a lot of slack for the cover for the artwork where people insulted by it? I liked it because I. To be honest with you, I'm not, to be honest with you, I, I didn't. I did not. I did not. Yeah, I expected. Good. I expected a few hate mails. I expected, and some of my diehardest Christian fans mm-hmm. actually said, "You know, we get it. We get your vision, and we respect what you're saying. You know, anything brings awareness, and it makes you think. Maybe I painted that, and I turned someone to Christianity. Maybe I didn't paint it. I asked Darren yeah. to my my partner Darren to 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 make that. My business partner Darren. Um, I can't draw a stick figure, but uh, I come up with ideas, but uh. You know, I, I didn't get any flack for it, and I thought it was a powerful good. message. I really did. So, and well, I appreciate you saw that. Thank you so much. Well, and I I loved it. I, I see. I appreciate because I also don't have a specific lockdown religion. I've done lots of influences through my life. I actually think it's a path you're on. That is yeah. the path you're on, and it doesn't actually need a label. Are you being right. a good person? Are you doing the best you can? Are you trying to help out people? 
that's kind of what you should do no matter what you are. Right. So when I, you know, when I see this and I, and it's not about a certain group, I find it interesting because there is aliens and like interpretation is just so much, there's a good story there too. There's literally a good story right there uh, on top of that, just from that alone. And the last thing you're, I you're on <laughs> tour, right? You're on, you're on, you're on tour now. The party girl. Oh, nonstop. Nonstop. Yep. I leave for Florida tomorrow. The party and girl. Tour. Yeah. How's it, how's it going? Good. Fun. It's great. It's great. And next summer is going to be uh even cooler. I can't tell you. Uh, right. Live Nation loved what we did this year. They bought uh, 12 more dates. Um, but as usual, you got to up the game. You know, the concept in the Party Girl tour was that it's um, one long set in which multiple guests come out and join us on the stage. Uh, you know, this year we had Steve Jury from Journey and Mark McGrath from um, Sugar Ray, both, you know, incredible music you know sugar ray had number one hits the journey songs are timeless and it was a neat kind of uh we didn't just keep that format of of 80s rock we yep. we moved outside of that that a little bit and we're going to do that again this year uh i, I can't say what we're going to do but it's going to be cool well i mean I, i'll be honest with you. i mean one thing brett's always delivered is high quality i mean he sounded great and the he sounded no different, really, pretty much, when I saw him the stadium tour than when I saw oh, him yeah. the first when the first album came out. You know I mean, I've seen him throughout the years, oh. and like, it's one of the few bands that like he literally looks the same, sounds the same, performs the same. You know, yeah. Uh, I, he, I wouldn't he, mind doing some deeper cuts, though. I, if you, you know, I would love some more deeper cuts as a fan. Uh, I'd love some what? deeper cuts. If there's ever a true um, moment that is going to be a fight. Between me and Brett, it's that. Um, I know all those tracks. I perform them live with my solo band. We do Cry Tough. We do yeah. a bunch of different stuff. And, um, and you know, I'm his best friend in the solo band, and Rocket's his best friend in the yeah. Poison. And both of us, both of us hammer him all the time. Rocket more than me because that was his life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good songs out there. A lot. Rocket Rocket wants to go out and perform the entire Cat Dragged In album from beginning to end. Uh, I disagree with that. It, it would be That's cool. 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 I would watch it, but I disagree with that. Um, I would. I would. Uh, but I. I would love to see Poison play those songs. I would love to play those songs. What did they do? The full Flesh and Blood album, and then do the hits, whatever hits are left at the end that they didn't do on Flesh and Blood. That'd be a good album to do a whole. Yeah. Thing yeah. There's such great music on Flesh and Blood, That's Fire cool. and Ice, Sacrifice, all, all that stuff. Or no, no, uh, Flesh and Blood, uh, um, uh, Valley of Lost Souls. Yep. And and uh, at the end of that record is that song, um, uh, Life Loves a Tragedy. That was I have the lyric, of songs. I have the lyric tattooed on my on my arm, and uh, I've actually, me and Ricky have performed that song before. Have you? That's a good yeah, song. It just, just at a poison sound check, but it was just me and him on the stage playing one day and we played it together and everyone came out. CC yeah. when we turned around at the entire crew and Bobby and CC and everybody were out sitting there watching us play it. And, you know, uh, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, I, the fans want that bad, whether it's from the solo band or poison, they want it bad. See, it's not a negative thing. It's, it's such a good thing. It's such a strong catalog. Cause he has such a, a breadth of like radio hit fans and then deep poison fans that want, different songs he's trying to hit right. please everybody he's got he's got a bigger target he's aiming for where there's a lot right. a lot of poison fans are like uh we would like a couple extra deeper songs <laughs> yeah bon jovi does yeah. that the best bon yeah. jovi will throw in 
you know, some different things. And I, I see Tesla now. Uh, I keep seeing on social media, I guess they're making a big deal out of the set list being different every night now. Or and Hagar, Hagar always does that. Oh, he's like, yeah. Yeah, you know. He's a maniac so. like that. He's, and that's the only good thing about him. But it's, it's like your, your bare knuckle drink last thing. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. Can people get that? Is it a special limited edition? Um, it's not limited edition. It's production. Uh, there's a local distillery named KO Distilling in Manassas. Um, and, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I think you and me might have talked about this before. I don't make any secret. I'm a, I liken myself on a much smaller version, not comparing myself to a, uh, John Bon Jovi and Mellencamp. I'm a hometown guy and I never left my hometown and I love their story. I love John being a Jersey boy. I love Mellencamp mm -hmm. and Indiana. I love the spirit of what that meant to those guys. The, the loyalty and, of it, of not yeah. going off to be a rock star, but being a musician and, and embracing your town. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so as I've gotten older and have um, some pool where I'm able to, help or help collaborate with things that bring more awareness to my local businesses. Um, it's, it's important to me. I thrive on it, uh, but I don't fake anything. The bourbon, I, I'm a Jack Daniels guy. I drink, I drink whiskey. And so when we talked about it, it was very organic, very real, very lifestyle for me. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, I've never drank a cup of coffee in my entire life. Right. And as soon as I released the bourbon, I had a handful of people talk to me about doing a coffee and okay. the answer was, the answer was just no, because it's not lifestyle to me, you know, and that's, what's important at my point in life. It's neat to get into some things, but only, only if it is truly something I would use, something I do use, something I love, something I participate in. And so local distillery making a killer, killer bourbon and I can collaborate and, and have, People from all over the country purchase something that's made from my hometown. It's a win-win for me, man. That, that is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So people check that out also, their knuckles. Um, yep. At KO Distilling is the website for that. That's great. Uh, we'll put that up. We'll share it. We'll encourage you yep. to get that, the book. You're a busy man. On all the platforms is your music. Check out the To, to Who We Make Concern single we talk about. It's a great thing. Um, the website. I know you, some of your solo stuff plays. You're, you're everywhere. And party girl, of course. I'm trying. I'm trying. And, I got to tell you before you go, yeah. I've done several interviews for the last two weeks, and you're the first person to bring up to whom it may concern. Everyone goes to the book and the bourbon. Uh, so you've you've absolutely made my day today by recognizing that song. It's a very important song that's lived with me for you know almost thirty years. So so you made my day. Thank you. All right. Well, I want to thank you. People check them out everywhere. I'm glad you could be on the show and you know, we'll obviously have you back again because I love having you on there. It's really fun. Brother, thank you. I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you for having me. Yeah.